What's up, everybody? This is Sam Minton for Beantown Sports. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Bruins and Celtics past weeks and opening day for the Sox. This is Beantown Sports. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Beantown Sports Podcast. Let's get right into the action and talk about the Bruins. So in the first game for the Bruins, they lose to the Ducks 3-2 in overtime. Ryan Getzloff had a goal and assist, his 24th goal of the season. Lou Erickson had a goal, his 19th of the season. And Corey Perry had a goal, his 32nd of the season. And also for the Bruins, David Krejci played for the first time after returning from injury. It was a tough loss for the Bruins. It would have been a great win for them. But Willie Erickson's been playing really good. He's been scoring lots of goals in the latter part of the season, so it's good to see that, and it's also great to see David Krejci coming back. In the next game for the Bruins, they went 4-2 to two over the Rangers, a great victory for the Bees. Mion Lucic had two goals, his 17th of the season, he ended a six-game scoreless drought, and Carlos Soderberg had a goal, his 12th of the season. And uh, bad news for Bruins fans, Tuka Rask left the game due to dehydration, it's not good to see that. They're definitely going to need him at the latter half of the season, so hopefully he gets better. And next game for the Bruins, they went 2-1 in overtime over the Carolina Hurricanes. Tuka Rask comes back with 30 saves on 31 shots. And David, pa- David Pasternak has a goal and assist, his 10th of the season, and ended up being the game-winning goal. Again, Pasternak's been playing great so far this season. Definitely a guy who's who going to stay, or hopefully stay, in the Bruins franchise for a long time. And it's going to be great to see him for a full season up next year. And then we're going to get to the Bruins versus the Panthers. The Bruins won 3-2. to Milan Lucic had a goal and assist, his 18th of the season. Another great game for Milan Lucic, keep tallying up the goals. And Lou Erickson had a goal, his 20th of the season. And then the Bruins, they versus the Red Wings, and they won 3-2. to Brett Connolly played his first game with the Bruins. You know, he had a great first game. He has great skill on the offensive side. He can. He's a great guy in defense. You know, he's the best defensive, but he'll... Kind of like a Max Talbot, you know, he's a good checker. You know, he's he was more advertised as a skill guy, but he proved that he's pretty good on the defensive side of the puck as well. And Connolly had two assists, and Tuka Rask had 35 saves on, on 37 shots. Tuka Rask has been playing great so far. You know, he's proved why he deserved that seven-year contract. And, you know, people, you know, he didn't have the best season, that's for sure. But I think people were getting too hard on Tuka because of his contract. But he definitely was playing... I think having a great season and proving why he deserves that contract. And, you know, I think he's a great goaltender, one of the best in the NHL. And Zach Trotman had a goal his first of the season, which ended up being the game-winning goal. And Louis Erickson, another goal, his 21st of the season. And also, Patrice Bergeron got a stick to the face. He missed the period, but then came back and you know, with a full face mask. And Patrice Bergeron is just a hell of a player, tough guy. You know, played with, like, a broken ribs, hole in his lung during the playoffs. So it's always great to see a guy like that after an injury come back. And he's just the heart and soul of this Bruins team. And a guy that's going to have to help him build through the seasons to come, as we'll get to later. Then the Bruins versus the Maple Leafs, and they went 2-1 to in overtime. Tuka Rass had 27 saves and 28 shots. James Reimer for the Leafs had a great game, saving 49 shots out of 50. 
and Patrice Bergeron had a goal, his 22nd of the season, and he got the game-winning goal in the shootout. It was just a great game for the Bruins, and, you know, they're on a great winning streak. But then, they versed the Capitals, and this is where it all starts to go downhill. The Caps beat the, shut out the Bruins 3 to nothing. Braden Holpe had 27 saves, shut up the, again, shut them out. It was a great game for him. It seemed like he was in the Bruins' suitors' heads. He, they just couldn't get anything on him. And then Marcus Johansson had a goal and assist, his 20th goal of the season. And Bruins are shut out for the third time this year. You gotta score some offensive production. And the Caps sweep the series. Then the the Panthers beat the Bruins 4-2. to two. Jimmy Hayes has a goal, his 19th of the season. Again, another pretty good goaltending performance from the opposing team with Roberto Longo saving 34 shots out of 36. Priest Bergeron and Brad Marchand both got a goal. And that line, Bergeron and Marchand, it doesn't really even matter with the right wing, but it's been mostly Smith or Erickson, but that first line's been playing great. And then, in the last game of the season, the Lightnings beat the Bruins 3-2 in a shootout. Of course a shootout, because the Bruins are terrible in those. But Jonathan Marchessault had a goal and assist, his first goal of the season. And Ben Bishop had, a, again, a great game, 36 saves on 38 shots. And Nikita Nesterov had a goal, his third goal of the season. It was a tough game for the Bruins, you know. They're out of the playoffs, you know. First time in seven years, six, seven years that they're not going to make the playoffs. And then for the Bruins, Louis Erickson and Brad Marchand had a goal. Louis Erickson's 22nd goal of the season and Brad Marchand's 24th of the season. He led the team in goals this year. Again, Bruins eliminated from the playoffs, you know. But even though they were eliminated, they continued to fight. You know, they even announced it, and they still continued to play hard. Brad Marchand got the goal of bringing it to overtime. But, you know, there could be some lots of moves going on. You have Claude Julien, who may be fired due to his performance this year. Peter Shirelli, who is a GM, I don't think he's that good. I was surprised to wake up today and still have him as GM, but he is still GM for right now. Louis Erickson, you know, he had a good season, but, you know, he's going to be compared to the Tyler Sagan trade, and you see what Tyler Sagan's doing. But I think you keep him because I think he's a great winger. Riley Smith, again, Riley Smith, a guy that could be moved. He had a really bad season. It's going to really be up to the and Bruins GM and people who make those decisions to decide. But if I were them, I'd, I'd try and get something for Riley Smith because he had a really bad season this year. Mion Lucic, again, if we're changing this team's style, he might see a big guy like Lucic, you know, get traded because he might not blend with a new style. But, you know, I think Lucic is a great player that they should definitely keep. And then you have guys like Chara, again, Lucic, who are the core of the team. They may be lost because of the new direction the team may be going in. And today we found out that um, Gregory Campbell and Daniel Pye, they won't be returning. And Carl Sodenberg and Adam McQuaid made it clear that they really want to stay with the Bruins and that they don't imagine themselves with any other team, you know. Uh, I'm not that surprised that Campbell and Pye are going, you know. They were really kind of core guys, you know, kind of like Sean Fordham. But, you know, they just didn't perform that well. They're not great goal scorers. They were good fourth liners, but, you know, we have lots of offensive power now with Spooner and Pasenak, and then you have trades with Connolly and Max Talbot. So there just isn't more room for them, and it's just going to hopefully clear up some cap space. And then it, you got. I think you definitely keep McQuaid and Soderberg. Soderberg's a great guy. He battles with the puck. It's extremely hard to get away from him. He's a great goal scorer. And Adam McQuaid, he's a good guy who will drop the gloves. Great hitter and great defenseman. And I think he'll definitely be good for the Bruins, you know, in these up-and-coming years. But next, we're going to talk about the Celtics and their recent games.
So now we get to the Celtics, and they've been playing pretty good as of late. In the first game, the Celtics beat the Knicks 96-92. Isaiah Thomas had 18 points, a rebound, and 6 assists. Jay Crowder had 17 points and 9 rebounds. And Brandon Bass had 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists. You know, these guys have been great either starting or coming off the bench. Isaiah Thomas is just such a great acquisition. I can't get over it. And he's just a guy that's definitely going to help the Celtics in the future. Jay Crowder, another great guy who can come off the bench, got 17 points. And Brandon Bass, you know, he's been a guy that may be overlooked because, you know, people are focusing on Isaiah Thomas in the backcourt. But Brandon Bass, great player. Guy's a double-double, 16 points and 10 rebounds. And definitely a guy who, if the Celtics do get into the playoffs, will really help him with his experience. Hey, maybe, you know, they give the Cavs or whoever they verse a run for the money. And in the next game, a high-scoring game, the Clippers beat the Celtics 119-106. to 106. Again, Isaiah Thomas, 19 points, 7 assists. Great game for J.J. Redick, 27 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. And Chris Paul, one of the best point guards in the NBA, 21 points, 3 rebounds, and 10 assists. A nice double-double for him. And Blake Griffin, 21 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists. And 5 assists. And then the next game for the Celtics, they went 116-104 to 104 over the Hornets. Avery Bradley, great game for him. 30 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists. You know, Avery Bradley's a guy who people are worried if he could replace Rondo in the backcourt, but he's been playing great so far, and I think he's definitely a guy who's going to help the Celtics in the future. And, you know, they, they, they might worry about defense or offense, but I definitely think Avery Bradley's a great player. And then you have Kemba Walker, who scored 28 points, 3 rounds, 12 assists. Like a great game for, you know, went to UConn, and he's, he's a great point guard for Charlotte. And, you know, he'll definitely be one of the... I think a, one of uh, probably top 10 for the NBA during his time, you know, in the future. Kemba Walker can be a really good point guard. And in the next game for the Celtics, they won 100-87 over the Pacers. George Hill for the Pacers had 21 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. Kelly Olenek, a great guy in the, in the paint, 19 points, 2 rebounds, and 2 assists. And Tyler Zeller, 19 points, 3 assists, and 3 rebounds. It's a great game for the for the guys down low, you know, t- Kelly Olenek and Tyler Zeller. Kelly Olenek came back from injury, and he's been playing great so far. And he's just a guy, you know, he can shoot shoot from the perimeter and also um, play down low. And Tyler Zeller, again, you know, great athletic guy. And he's been playing great so far, either coming off the bench or starting. You know, he was a guy that wasn't looked at to be such a great player for the Celtics, but he definitely proved that he was a, he's been playing pretty good so far this season. And the next game, the Celtics lose to the Bucks 110-101. OJ Mayo had 24 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. You know, and he didn't have a that great of a tenure in um, Memphis, but ever since he went to the Bucks, you know, he's been playing really good. He's been play- he's been a really good player helping those young guys over there in Milwaukee. And again, Isaiah Thomas, 23 points, 1 rebound, 6 assists. It seems like every game Isaiah Thomas is in, either coming off the bench or starting, that he's he just plays great. And uh, again, it's such a great pickup for the Celtics. Then the Celtics, they burst the Raptors, and they went 117 to 116 in overtime. Isaiah Thomas again, 25 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists. Evan Turner, 18 points, 6 assists, 10 assists. 18 points, 6 assists, and 10 rebounds. And DeMar DeRozan had 38 points and 3 assists. And also Lou Williams, 27 points, 2 rebounds, and 4 assists. It was a great game for Evan Turner. He's, he's been putting on lots of um, double doubles so far. And, again, another great acquisition by the Celtics. You know, great shooter, great guy who can attack the basket. And he's been playing great for the Celtics. And DeMar DeRozan, you know, people may forget about him up there in Toronto. But, you know, he's a great player in the NBA.
great guard, you know, really athletic, and he's just a, a great player for the Raptors. The next game, the Celtics beat the Pistons 113-103. to Isaiah Thomas, amazing game for him. 34 points, 3 rebounds, and 6 assists. And Reggie Jackson had 21 points, 2 rebounds, and 15 assists. Great game for the, both these guards. Isaiah Thomas putting up a big, big point total, showing his scoring ability. And Reggie Jackson getting the double-double. It was a great game for him. And the next game, the Celtics faced the Cavs, and they won 99-90. to there were people who didn't know if LeBron was going to play. He did end up, he actually rested. And the Celt- and Marcus Smart had 19 points and 3 rebounds. And Kevin Love had 19 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. You know, the Cavs aren't really playing for anything. They're kind of locked up in that second spot. And it looks like, as of right now, the Celtics and the Cavs, this is going to be a playoff matchup. And, you know, a lot of people may overlook the Celtics. But if they can play hard, you know, anything's possible. You Like Kevin Garnett said, you never know. The Celtics could pull this out. It would be really, it would shock the world. But, you know, anything's possible, you know. It all depends on Kevin Love, that big three, welding together. But they've been playing great. Kyrie Irving, LeBron, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, you know. And then the next game for the Celtics versus the Cavs, there was a home-and-home home series. The Celtics won 117-78. to Like The Cavs rested their core players, J.R. Smith, you know, Love, um... Irving and LeBron and Isaiah Thomas for that game had 17.6 assists, two rebounds. Again, guys is playing amazing so far. Boston's currently seven seed in the playoffs, and it'll be good for the Celtics. You know, the young guys to gain some playoff experience. You know, guys like Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Brandon Bass, and Jared Schellinger would would hopefully be guys. You know, they kind of have experience and could help the team in the playoffs, and you know, maybe somehow lead a run. Even if they just them getting to the playoffs would be a great accomplishment, but them some somehow you know winning a couple games, even winning somehow winning a series, that would just be amazing. And Danny Ainge would just be so happy. And you know, this is a Celtic team that's going to be that could definitely in a couple of years you know pull off a good run. But next we're going to get to the Red Sox and opening day. And now we get to the Red Sox, who really open up their season with a bang. In the first game, the Red Sox versus the Phillies, and they won eight to nothing. Mookie Betts went two for four with an RBI and a home run. Dustin Madroy went three for five with two RBIs and two home runs. Hanley Ramirez in his first game of the Sox went two for four with five RBIs, two home runs, and had a grand slam. And Clay Buckles pitched a great game, seven innings pitched, three hits allowed, and nine strikeouts. And it was a tough day for Cole Hamels, who had five innings pitched. Five hits allowed, four run, four runs allowed, three walks, and six Ks, and he allowed four home runs. The Red Sox really showed their power and their offensive capabilities. Yeah, Mookie Betts played great, and he has been playing great. Pedroia coming back from injury, hitting those home runs, that's good for him. And Hanley Ramirez in his first game, hitting those home runs and the grand slam. You know, it was just up start. You just you couldn't even imagine a start as great as that. And the next game though. The Phillies beat the Sox 4-2. Pablo Sandoval went 2-3 for three with an RBI and one strikeout. Great game for Jeff Francoeur, who went 2-4 for four with a home run and three RBIs. And the catcher for the Phillies, Carlos Ruiz, went 2-3 two, two for three with a strikeout. It was an alright day for Rick Porcello. He had six innings pitched, six hits allowed, three runs, two walks, and four strikeouts, allowing one home run. It was a good day for Aaron Harang, who had 6.1 innings pitched, two hits allowed, one walk, and eight strikeouts. 
you know, after that big power, you just expected the Red Sox to put up those big, big numbers, but, you know, 162-game season, so you're not going to get that power in every game. But the next game, the Red Sox beat the Phillies 6-2. Xander Bogarts went 3-4 for with a triple and three RBIs. And Justin Masterson got a victory. Six innings pitched, three hits, two runs allowed, two walks, and seven strikeouts. And seven strikeouts. Masterson had a tough season last year, but he comes back to the Sox, and, he, and he's been, he pitched great. And, you know, it's definitely something that's very good to see with the Sox. You know, you got to really establish a good pitching rotation. And, like, in the first game, Clay Buckles really established that he can be the ace. Yeah, pitched a great game. And if you have Masterson, Marcelo, Joe Kelly pitching good games, you know, that's that's all you can ask for. You just need some pretty good pitching. And then the Red Sox, finally, the great, great one of the greatest rivalries in sports, Red Sox-Yankees. In the first game, the Red Sox beat the Yankees 6-5 to in 19 innings. And got over at 2 a.m. and they had a day game after this. David Ortiz went 2-8 for eight with an RBI and a home run. Xander Bogarts went 4 for 8. Daniel Nava went 2 for 3 with 2 RBIs after entering the game. Pablo Sandoval went 4 for 9 with 2 RBIs and a strikeout. And then for the Yankees, Chase Headley went 1 for 7 with an RBI, a walk, and a strikeout. And he also got his first home run of the season. Mark Teixeira went 1 for 6 with an RBI, 2 walks, 1 strikeout, and a home run his second of the season. And again, A-Rod, who's really been welcomed back to the Yankees organization, which... You can't really do anything about it. He's he's on the team. It's not like you're going to boom. But I don't think he'll be that welcome around uh, the rest of the um, MLB. Went 2-for-5 with an RBI and three strikeouts. Not not the best game for him, but, you know, he still got some hits. And by the end of the game, 17 pitches were used. And you, you'll you see in the next game, you know, you didn't really have that good pitching. You know, lots of the relievers were used. You know, the guys from the game were tired. So you had guys. So in the next game... The Red Sox beat the Yankees 8-4. to four. You have Brock Holt, who had him been playing. Brock Holt he just stepped up to the role, just like he's always been. 4-5 for five with three RBIs. You know, it's kind of hard not to somehow get Brock Holt into the into the lineup because he just plays great, you know. He, has, he wasn't expected to start, but he just came in and he played great. And just like last season, nobody, bar- nobody barely even heard of Brock Holt, but he played great and he's continuing to play great. And again, Daniel Nava went 2-for-3 with two RBIs and a walk. And for the Yankees, Chris Young went 1-for-4 with three RBIs and one home run. And Joe Kelly, with his first game coming off injury, first game with the Sox, he pitched great. And he went seven innings, seven innings pitched, one run allowed, one hit allowed, two walks and eight strikeouts, and he got 17 straight Yankees out. It was, it was a great start for him. And he really overpowered the Yankees, and they just couldn't get anything off of him. And then to last night's game. The Yankees won 14 to four. It was a blowout of a game. Pablo Sandoval went two for four with two strikeouts. Xander Bogarts went two for four with two RBIs. Henley Ramirez went one for three with two RBIs and a home run his third of the season. Carlos Beltran for the Yankees had two went two for four with two runs and an RBI. And again, Chase Headley had a great game. Went three for five with three RBIs and a home run his second of the season. And Brian McCann went two for five with three runs. One RBI, two strikeouts, and a home run his first of the season. It was just an absolute Yankee Stadium home run. It was like one foot away from being a single, but he just drilled it. Absolute line drive into the bleachers over there at Yankee Stadium. Just a tough game for the Sox. Clay Buckholz, just even after that great start, couldn't he allowed just allowed lots of hits, you know. ERA skyrocketed, but you know, after the game Buckholz said that he does 
he doesn't want this game to define his year. You know, it's only the second start of the season. So, you know, I don't think you have to put up the warning, warning flag with Clay Buckle. It's just second game of the season, so nothing to worry about right now. But the Sox, they've really been playing great. But back to Buckles. 3.1 innings picks, 9 runs allowed, 10 hits, 2 walks, 3 strikeouts, and 2 home runs allowed. You just you just can't have that. You, if you're going to be that ace, you have to. You can't last 3 innings. you got to last 5, 6, 7. you you got to be able to really stay in those games. And he just has to make sure you know, perform like an ace, because he is the ace for the Red Sox. And a great pitching performance from Masahiro Tanaka. Five innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs, three walks, and four strikeouts, and one home run allowed. You know, he's coming off injury, but after last season, you know, the first half of the season, he was, he was dominant. You know, people are comparing him to you Darvish and stuff. If he can get back to that dominance after an elbow injury, he, looks, he can be an amazing pitcher. But overall, it's been a good start for, for the season for the Red Sox. Joe Kelly coming off injury, fair start with the Red Sox. He's pitching great. Xander Bogarts hitting great well. He's hitting great. He's uh he's playing defense well. Definitely what you want from him, you know. You have Hanley Ramirez out in left field. You're still getting used to it up there, but hey, with all his offense, you just want him if you just need subpar defense because he's hitting absolutely great and already three home runs on the season. Mookie Betts, great defensive guy, made a great diving catch yesterday, and he's been hitting well as He's been hitting very well as well. And then Hanley Ramirez, again, he's just hitting bombs. He's having a great offensive season. And Dustin Madroyas, he's looked great after injury. You know, he proved, he's proving people wrong with how great he's playing. And he's been he's playing great off, great offense, you know, hitting those home runs. And he's also playing great defensively. So that's it for this episode of the Beantown Sports Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, either my personal Twitter, at bad underscore underscore Minton. And the podcast is Twitter, at Beantown underscore pod. You can find us on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Beantown Sports. And also, you can find us on iTunes, you know, subscribe to the podcast, and, you know, comment, just let us know how we're doing. But that's it for another episode of the Beantown Sports Podcast. See you guys.